everyone, and welcome to the 14th episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. I'm your host, Jill, and I'm here with Adam, and we are talking page to screen. Yes, we are. This kind of came up because last night, the night before we are recording this, I couldn't sleep, and I sent you an email really late at night after I'd watched the BFG trailer like for the hundredth time. The same thing with Miss Peregrine. I keep watching those trailers and I can't wait for the movies to come out and I know that all the time on social media and all the time all all these different places we always tell people you know read the book before you see the movie and we promote that and but that's not always true sometimes you see the movie and then that leads you to want to see or to read the book and basically I thought we could have some fun talking about all of the page to screen movie adaptations that we love whether they're recent or from when we were growing up, um, whatever the reason. And so then I also asked some people on social media, and we got a bunch of really fun responses. And so, yeah, basically I just thought we could go through all those page-to-screen movies and, and chat about some of our favorites. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. Love me some movie adaptations. I want The first one I think we should just get out of the way, because we did a whole podcast episode about it already, is Harry Potter. Agreed. Just yeah. kind of like... The benchmark, I think, to which all book to movie adaptations are. I know, but like um, because there were so many different directors, like that could be an entire conversation all on its own. Oh, and yeah. I'm sure once again we will have another one of <laughs> Harry, the Harry Potter special episodes. If you're new to our podcast, go back and find it's a yeah, few episodes ago. Mm-hmm. We just talked for like 45 minutes about why we love Harry Potter without even really getting into the plot, which is ridiculous. Agreed. But yeah. I, I figured we should start there and just yeah. say if you haven't seen the Harry Potter movies or read the Harry Potter books, I don't know why you're listening to our podcast because <laughs> we're pretty Harry Potter heavy. Um, but in thinking about Harry Potter, then I also was thinking about you know Lord of the Rings and the Hunger Games, kind of the other like trilogies and, and series yeah. and Chronicles of Narnia. So do you have any of those that are kind of your favorite movie adaptations? I like that type of yeah, sort of like the series and... Just... I didn't really like The Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. I did like The Hunger Games. And did you see the last movie, the fourth one? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> I, I haven't either. I don't want to judge it. I just... Not I was yet. wondering. But I do. I did see the, the, uh, the first three. Mm-hmm. I did see those. I will say for The Lord of the Rings, I have always been an avid reader, but I'd read The Hobbit in high school, and but I'd never read Lord of the Rings, and then the movies came out kind of along that same time and seeing those movies actually that's one of the, the few that led me to go back and actually read the books I think oh, after the okay. first one came out I ended up reading all the books before the second one came out just because I, I loved the story um, I mean sort of similar but not quite because it's TV there's of course Game of Thrones mm-hmm. yeah and I also think the Game of Thrones books are I mean Lord of the Rings are a little bit long winded right but oh yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's. I saw one movie and I thought to myself, well, I could read these three books in the next, you know, a couple of months. The Game of Thrones ones, I feel like it's almost blasphemy to say, but I've never read the books and I okay. work at Overdrive. So <laughs> it's like a horrible thing to admit, but I don't know. They're just so. I feel like you're not the only one, I okay. promise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We've had discussions about the TV show because it's coming back mm-hmm. and uh, not to spoil anything, but I'm like, as someone who's read the book, I guarantee X has not actually happened. That's all I'm say. Most veiled, non spoilery <laughs> thing ever. Uh, okay, so what about. Um, so we, I guess, Hunger Games, totally on board with Lord of the Rings. How about the Chronicles of Narnia? Okay, I've seen the first movie and mm-hmm. have read none of the books, so 
Okay. <laughs> so you're saying I should have previewed this part with you before we started recording. That is exactly what I'm yeah. saying. Well, I will say, so I've read all the books. I read them in the order you're supposed to read them, which is the chronological one. So starting okay. with The Magician's Nephew and then going all the way through. Um, I absolutely loved the books growing up. They were, I think, the first series of books that I okay. ever read. Um, and I absolutely adored them. And the movies... I'm. I will defend them. I feel like they're slowly still coming out with more of them, which is with the Chronicles of Narnia. It is unique because there's so many different main characters that kind of age throughout. Right. You know, they spend parts of the movies and the books talking about people's lives when they're younger, and then when they're much, much older, and then relatives of theirs, so they can kind of get away with this really long period of time in between them. But I was a big fan. Um, so I would recommend reading the books first, just because I think, th- and this is you know one of those cases, and there are many where the books I think outdo the the movies a lot. That's generally speaking how it works. Yeah. Um, all right, so I have a question for you. I Uh-oh. this all came up, like I said, last night because I was watching the BFG yes. preview for again the twentieth time, and then I started thinking about all the Roald Dahl yes. movies and books. And there's James and the Giant Peach. Love James and the Giant Peach. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and then Matilda, mm-hmm. which I told you ruined Chocolate Kid for me like forever. Fair. Um, do you have a favorite of those? I always like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you see both of them? Well, yes, <laughs> I did both of the movies. But so growing up, did you read the books first, or did you see? I can't remember because my little sister loved the Gene Wilder movie. We watched mm-hmm. it all the time. So it's all kind of confusing my brain yeah. about which one came first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I probably read it first mm-hmm. and then rediscovered the movie. Yeah, I, I think Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was one of the movies where I'm the youngest of four. So, you know, I would have friends who would come over and my parents would just be like, just, I'm going to put on a movie and just sit here. And I feel like yeah. Charlie the Chocolate Factory is one of their go-tos. So I yeah. think I saw the movie first. Um, but yeah, I, as I was going through this last night, it's like, oh my God, there's so many Roald Dahl there movies that are done are. really well. Yes. Um, all right, mo- moving along, I have a, a few others that I think you might have be interested in. Um, we talked about Hugo. A little bit when I emailed you. Did you see Hugo or have you read Hugo? No. No? Okay. That's one. You know, it got a lot of award attention, but it's really fantastic both. Again, I would read the book first. I prefer the book to the movie, but the movie was very whimsical and uh, Mm steampunk-y. And I know a lot of people referenced that in some previous podcasts that we talked about. People wanted to hear something about steampunk a little bit more. So Hugo is a really... Really great place to start. Um, one of the what are what are some of the ones that you are interested in? Some of the ones that you like. I um, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Mm-hmm. Anyone who knows me and has seen my fancy Stephen King universe poster in my queue <laughs> is aware that I'm a huge Stephen King fan. And there are some really good adaptations of Stephen King mm-hmm. um, books out there. And I would have to say that my favorite. Technically, it's a novella because of the size of the book, uh, but it would be The Shawshank Redemption. Yes. And J.L. Park on Twitter said the same thing, that yes. that, was, that was their go-to. I, it's so well done. Mm-hmm. It's so incredibly well done. And I just, uh, it was filmed here in Ohio as well. Yes, it was. Down in Mansfield. Mm-hmm. So 
Got that little connection to uh, We also had someone, speaking of Stephen King, we had someone else on Twitter um, at Fashionator1985. They mentioned It, which was <laughs> oh kind God. of TV two-part. And I, it's so good, but so upsetting. Oh my God. The first time, <laughs> the first time I ever saw that movie, I was like, I think I was in high school, maybe college. It was on TV. And um, I had, was like home alone and watching this. Oh, yeah. God. It was, <laughs> and so I'm like in my parents, like the living room, and downstairs is our computer, and all of a sudden the printer turns on. Like, oh. <laughs> in the middle of watching this, I flipped out. No, 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 no. And I was terrified. Like, I am not going downstairs. And I know, like, and I read, I read the book. It's a very, it's a big it's a book. Big it's one book. of Stephen King's, yeah, when it comes to his books. It's one of the bigger ones. Um, it's good. The The movie, I think, I think it deviates a little bit, mm-hmm. but it, it it's, it's a good, it's all right adaptation-wise. Yeah. And of course, Tim Curry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tim Curry, who I am obsessed with, and despite being terrified of clowns, almost entirely because of it, I am obsessed with Tim Curry because of his job in it. Um, I will say, I feel like growing up, after having seen that with my parents or whenever it was, as like a little kid, I remember being at friends' houses who might be hanging their laundry outside and like just always being so sure that the wind was going to yes, blow and I, I was going to see the clown. Oh, oh it's so creepy. He's yeah. so good in that, mm-hmm. but creepy. Yeah. There's, Super creepy. There are a ton of Steve. I mean, obviously, he's a very prolific writer and yes. so a lot of his Green Mile is good. Green Mile is fantastic. Green Mile is good. Uh, Cujo. Cujo. I don't know if I saw the movie. I read the book. There's one that um, I always think of my dad. He liked the book, The Tommyknockers. Yes. Movie, not so great. Yeah. I mean, there's so many adaptations of Stephen King. You're going to have a few And like The Shining, he didn't like the original Mm -hmm. Shining movie, Jack Nicholson, but he liked the TV movie that came out maybe 10 years ago or something like that. I I liked The Shining. That freaked me out, too. Absolutely. I remember reading it when I was reading The Shining in college. Whatever cover I got, um, the the kid, he looked so freaky on the cover Mm -hmm. that I would... I do this with Carrie, too. Oh, my God, both of them. The covers were so weird. I'd be, like, reading at night, and I was done. I had to put the book face down. Because the covers (laughs) would freak me out. That's not the first thing you want to see when you wake up. Now I'm thinking again, there's all the different paperback copies of it that has the clown on them. I'm just like, could never, I could never. Well, there's there's new ones now because Simon and I think it's Simon and Schuster has it now, Mm -hmm. and they put out all these new fun ones. And well, I think they're also remaking it. They are, yeah, because it hasn't ruined this generation's (laughs) children's you know brains forever yet. So, uh, true. Uh, yeah, so there are, I mean, there's a, a bunch of these. One that I remember growing up, again, as a, a little kid, just getting put in front of a, a television was The Princess Bride. Yes. Um, I saw the movie a hundred times before I ever read the book. I feel like I didn't know as a little kid. That and it, it was actually a book? Yeah. yeah. And then I remember coming into like a 10th grade AP English class or something. We're going to read The Princess Bride, and I... Like my jaw dropped. I was like, yes. "It's a book." Yes. Um. So that is one that, I mean, we could quote all day long. <laughs> we probably could. Yeah. Um, of mice and men. So I have a. This holds a special place in my heart. Uh, we read the again. Kind of, it's a novella. It's right. very very short. Uh, we read it 
you know, 11th or 12th grade, whenever it was. And then our teacher was like, I want to bring in this movie. So we watched it. And then that very same day that I saw Mice and Men, I watched Rounders for the first time. Oh my God. <laughs> Those are two very different John Malkovich roles. Completely different John Malkovich roles, but in my mind, I will forever think he's like the greatest actor on earth because I watched him play <laughs> Lenny and Teddy KGB in the exact same day, and I was like, this man has the greatest range <laughs> of all time. And so, I of Mice and Men oh, is one of the, I will go back and read hysterical. that every single year just because that experience I absolutely love. Um, there's some other ones that you had on your list. Yes, yeah. I growing up, um, I did see in this instance the film first, but Gone with the Wind. Mm-hmm. It was like Christmas break. It was on TNT because TNT shows it all the time. Yeah. Um, and I was like, "What is this movie?" I got like <laughs> totally sucked in. And luckily, I caught it early, like early in the beginning of the film. And uh, I went out and got the book. I mean, I'm like in seventh or eighth grade mm-hmm. and reading Gone with yeah. the Wind. It's a big book yeah. and um, my best friend Jen is also obsessed with it and so all through middle school and high school like that was our thing and, mm-hmm. it, and it still is and then uh, it's one of those things that when you read it in middle school there's a lot of the political stuff mm-hmm. you don't really pick up on right yeah <laughs> because and it's not stuff that's in the movie because I've seen the movie more often than I read the book mm-hmm. because it's just it's a it's a, it's big, a big book, book. yeah. Um, but I did. I read it. I picked it up a couple of years ago, and I remember emailing my friend. I was like, "Wait, this is what was going on? <laughs> <laughs> like that whole time? That's what that meeting was about? Yeah. Like, oh, and I totally missed that." It's funny the things you pick up on when you read something as an adult, I know. <laughs> and then you kind of question, like, "Who let me pick this book up? Wait, I know what's happening in this." That was like Stephen King. I was reading Stephen King at that age. I'm mm-hmm. surprised. <laughs> parents weren't like what are you doing yeah actually um Sunil Yapo when I interviewed him a few months ago now at this point he mentioned that he read it in the he basement did. of his house he did and he just basically was like yeah I don't think I slept for a month after that and I was like well right. why were your parents letting you read this book in your uh, basement oh. I know um so we have a bunch of others that I want to mention from people on on Twitter uh, like I said, there was a few people that mentioned the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and again, I can't recommend those both books and movies enough. The Hobbit, love the book. Didn't think they needed three movies out of it, but that's okay. Uh, Kitty Delegation, which is an unbelievable Twitter handle, says, let the what, let the right one in. Oh, uh, yes. Which is really, really good. Really good. Um, you mentioned Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. You mentioned It. Um, you have some fans as well. Serotonin16 also says Gone with the Wind. And then she mentions Pride and Prejudice and The Princess Diaries. Uh, there, S. Williams, D-L-I-S, has The Remains of the Day and Sense and Sensibility. I love Sense and Sensibility. Picking up a theme for you a little bit there. <sighs> that movie is just so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so incredibly well done. And the, the book is good. It's just it's a, it's a good idea. I could never really get into any of them. There's just something about, I don't know, like all the Jane Austen novels. You could, that, the books you couldn't get into? No, I've never been a huge fan of either. Those are kind of the... You don't do period pieces? I, I'm not a huge... <laughs> so I'm not a huge period piece person. There's one movie which is called The Libertine with Johnny Depp. Oh, yes. Not an adaptation. But I love that. Yes. But my wife will always say, you know, anytime a Pride and, Pre- a Pride and Prejudice oh, yeah. or... Um, you know, any of those types of movies come out, Sense and Sensibility, she just knows it's going to be one where she goes in. Goes by herself. Goes by herself. Yeah. And I feel bad because 
I am someone who respects really good writing, and it's kind of like Shakespeare. I'm not 100% a huge fan of everything Shakespeare has ever done, but I can appreciate that it's great writing. Yeah. I don't know. So anytime I see Pride and Prejudice and Sense and Sensibility, those kinds of ones, it makes me kind of laugh a little bit. I'm like, ah, it's maybe not for me. Pride and Prejudice was good, too, the one with Keira Knightley. Mm -hmm. Well, I I do love Keira Knightley, but I don't think Mm -hmm. that is a fair reason to watch the movies and then uh yeah vanessa uh, vanessa Plett says the help yes yes absolutely Agreed. fantastic both the book and the book, movie yeah Loved book and movie were really really good both of them um yeah the let the right one in i'm assuming kitty is probably talking about well the, the book obviously but then they did there's like an american version of the film but mm-hmm. there is a nordic version of that yeah and they're their movies are so good. Mm-hmm. Like, one of mine is The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, but I'm yes. like, it's the Swedish version. Mm-hmm. American one was meh. Yeah, okay. it's all right, yeah. <laughs> but the Swedish versions of the, that, that film trilogy, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, mm-hmm. it's good stuff. Are there any, and I'll put you on the spot, but I happen to have a pull-up, are there any coming out that you can think of that you're excited um, about? Miss Peregrines, I'm very excited yes. for that one. Um I can think of off the top of my head because I did not do my research. That's okay. I know. I know. There's one that we're both excited about. Which is, oh, yes, of course. Ready Player One. Yeah, Ready Player One. Which I that book, I read it, finished it, ran over to talk to you and some of the other librarians here, and then just started reading it again. I know it's so good. And it's Steven Spielberg. It's Steven Spielberg. I feel like if you're going to give it to anybody who can handle all those like. 80s pop culture references. It's Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I was just going to say, the one thing that worries me is, and for you, those of you who haven't read Ready Player One, first off... You should. You should. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, uh, yeah, what are you doing? But this isn't going to spoil anything, spoil anything, but there's so many 80s and 90s pop culture references that I was nervous at first. Like, how are they going to get the rights that this movie's going to come? <laughs> and also the idea of the movie, it's going to be a very expensive movie to put on I've, yeah i'm hopeful with it being steven spielberg um but yeah i am interested to see how they pull that off yes it's going to be it's going to be interesting um there's of course fantastic beasts coming out in the fall oh, yes it's good stuff Can't good wait. stuff there i'm excited for that there's one that is coming out that i actually i've discovered the book um, if you go to overdrive.com and scroll to the bottom of the page we have an entire page to screen adaptation list and you can read samples and you can take a look at all these books and you can see if they're available from your library and I was poking through because we also use all of our recommendations here to find books all the time there's one called A Monster Calls and it's by Patrick Ness and it's inspired by an idea an idea from I'm going to say her name wrong Seal uh, Ben Dowd who passed away she had a few books that were fairly well known and she had this idea for this this book called A Monster Calls and basically what happens is this 13 year old boy named Connor wakes up at uh, 7 minutes past midnight every single night and there's this giant tree out in his yard that becomes a monster and kind of comes to life and tells him all these stories and it's really I don't know it immediately it's one of those books where I read the introduction to it and was just hooked and it's really great. It's a YA book. It doesn't take much to read it. But the pictures in the illustrated version are drawn by Jim Kay. Okay. Who did all of the illustrations for the illustrated Harry Potter 
oh, Sorcerer's yes. Stone. So if you, again, if you go to overdrive.com and just scroll to the bottom for the upcoming book to screen adaptations, as you're scrolling through, this jacket cover will catch your eye. It's yes, indeed. Yeah. So it's right there. And I'm I haven't seen any previews or anything for it. I haven't tried to find a trailer right. just yet, but it's one that I think everyone will, will like. And if you're a fan of YA and kind of like light horror, I think would be a good way to describe it. I think it's something that people would really, really like. Are there any times where you have liked the movie better than the book? That is a really good question. Um, I hmm. Princess Bride is close, but I think that might be a nostalgia factor for True. me. True. It's like the, the book structure is a little... It's different. It's different. And uh, I mean, obviously, and this isn't a spoiler alert for a book that's God knows how old, um, you know, the movie kind of ends with a few chapters left in the book. Right. Um, so it does have a happier ending. And um, so that would be one of them. Uh, Never Ending Story. <gasps> Again, I feel like I'm probably just doing this from nostalgia of seeing the movies as a little kid so much. Um, but I absolutely, I will still watch Neverending Story yeah. to this day. Um, are there some that you have? That... You know what? I um, I tried reading The Martian mm-hmm. and I just did not find it very accessible. Yeah. But then I watched the movie and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> but like, I appreciate the book, and mm-hmm. I, I understand why so many people were, you know, attracted to it, but mm-hmm. I, mm, the book wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, there, I'm trying to think, a few, Coraline, uh, Neil Gaiman oh, book yes. that became a movie. I liked it, but it was definitely not one that I liked better. I'm um, just looking at some of the movies that are coming out. The Jungle Book is coming mm-hmm. out, and obviously that was a Disney movie when we were younger. I think I liked the movie better than the original Jungle Book by Rudyard Kipling, just because, I don't know, It's it was very, very different. Disney took it as they tend to take wow. a lot of fairy tales and Disneyfied it. So <laughs> I very much that it, it hit my wheelhouse there. Yeah. There's one that I'm really excited about that actually I just saw. It's going to come out on Netflix as opposed to being widely released, and that's The Little Prince. Oh, okay. So it's shot really, really uniquely. It's almost like claymation, the whole thing. Um, So sort of similar to Box Trolls, if you saw that, or um, Nightmare Before Christmas. And uh, it looks incredibly interesting. And for whatever reason, it was released internationally and won a bunch of rewards, a bunch of awards. And... It just didn't have a bunch of buzz in the United States, so they're going to release it via Netflix in the coming months, I guess, which I'm really excited about. Um, So, yeah, I can't wait for that. I know that uh, Margaret Atwood's Oryx and Creek series, Mm -hmm. which is my favorite. Like, she's my favorite. Like, that's my book. If you were to ask my favorite book, I would say (laughs) the Oryx and Creek. No questions asked. That's it. And so, but it's part of a trilogy, and it's being adapted for HBO with um, Darren... Aronofsky? I think, I think that's, that's right. Yeah. So uh, Darren Aronofsky is the producer. And I'm like, all right, I trust him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that plays a big part into it. Like the Steven Spielberg with Ready to Player One. You're like, all oh, right. Absolutely. I trust you. Yeah. I mean, and there's there's some that I had been excited about that kind of let me down. Uh, yes. Um, off the top of my head, I'm trying to think of, and it usually ends up being books that, 
you're not sure how they're going to make it into a movie. Yes, I can think of two in particular for me. Go ahead. Ender's Game and The Giver. Man. I, well, first off, knowing you, I could have told you before this that Ender's Game, the movie, would disappoint you because you (laughs) love that movie so much. Uh, Uh, So what was it about either one of those that kind of let you down? I, I think it's just... I think it might be a nostalgia thing, and it's just so hard to recreate that. I will say that The Giver, my my concern with The Giver, if you have not read it, this is possibly a spoiler, but um, color plays a big part mm-hmm. in The Giver. I was impressed with how they did that. Yeah. Like, it wasn't bad. It was just, I think if you have that nostalgia thing and you love a book so much, mm-hmm. in your mind, you have it in your head of how it's maybe how you would do it yeah and that and that's all mm-hmm. and i think ender's game that's just it's a that's just so hard yeah just the 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 setting makes it incredibly difficult yeah well and that's what scares me a little bit about ready player one is the setting is yeah again, i don't want to give anything away um but yeah that feels like that would be incredibly difficult um while you were talking i thought of mine uh, the Pillars of the Earth, which I've talked about in a few episodes yeah. before, uh, by Ken Follett, is one of my favorite books ever. And they made it into, I think it was a Stars mm-hmm. series, and I was so excited. I talked about it with my wife like months, and then it came out, and the first episode, I just knew. I was oh, like, no. this is not going to be good. And it was kind of shaky cam, and it just was very, very bad. And the reason that I thought of that is because if you were to ask me... I struggle to say, this is my one favorite book, but I would say The Pillars of the Earth, and then my other one would be American Gods by Neil mm-hmm. Gaiman, and that's coming out, I think, on Showtime in the I very near future. So. And I'm very, very excited about it, but cautiously. Yes. cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Um, so I, that's, like I said, those are the, the two. Like, anytime I see a movie, or a book, rather, and they say that they're going to make it into a short like mini series yeah. I always wonder why is it versus like a movie right well because yeah. I mean a lot of and it's not even because there's so much content in there because you've seen with you know the Hobbit and the last Harry Potter they'll just make it into two right. movies if there's think there's a lot there so makes me a little, a little nervous, nervous but I'm um, we'll say cautiously um, are there any others that you're excited for or anything that you're wondering, like, the girl on the train, I assume, will end up getting a lot of attention. I'm sure. I I did not get into that book. Yeah. So I'm sort of... Right there with mm, you. I might watch the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what's going to be, like, the next YA, because you know, The Hungry Games just finished up, and... Oh, the, yeah, Divergent, the Divergent's uh, finishing up this year. Yeah, and Allegiant, Allegiant, I think it actually just came out, and it, it did might not have just come out. get a... Yeah. I mean, it didn't get it a lot. Of attention or make a lot of money. I know that there's the selection series. I love that series. Um, Shatter Me, which I hadn't seen much of. Throne of Glass, which I know is another That's YA another series. Do yeah. I feel like there's a lot. There's I mean, there's always going to be YA series because there's always going to be people interested in reading those. So for everyone out there, if you want to let us know your favorites. That we absolutely missed. I'm yes, sure. I'm sure there is a bunch. Um, you can send us a message on Twitter at Overdrive Libs. Uh, you can send us an email at feedback at overdrive.com. Again, that's Jill and I. We'll see that and um, we'll apologize profusely if we left off any of your favorites. 
Um, any others that I missed or anything else you're scrolling through as I'm chatting here? I think we're good. Awesome. I think we're good. All right. Well, I hope that this gave you guys either some books to rediscover or some movies to maybe watch in, in an evening if you don't feel like reading the book. But as always, read the book first. So that way, when you watch the movie, yeah. you can say if the you, book I mean, better. if you run a book club, this is always a good... The, the book-to-movie thing is always mm-hmm. a good option for book clubs. Absolutely. Um, and then, now that you've finished listening to this, if you haven't seen the BFG trailer yet or Miss Peregrine, they were the reason that this particular <laughs> episode got created. So I highly recommend going to watch those and reading both those books. So, Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening, and hope you enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Bye. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.